Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. It was a, you know, a big, huge 12-acre lot right on Lake Huron, and I had bought it for about $4,500, and I ended up selling it for $45,000. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guest, I want to mention FunNet Flip because FunNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt, and uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and well... Happy Saturday. I hope you're having a best ever weekend. And this is because it's Saturday. It's a special segment of our show. Monday through Friday, we get the best real estate investing advice ever from our guests. Sometimes on Friday, we do a follow on Friday where I give you an update on what I got going on. And Saturdays, most of the time, we do Situation Saturday where we put our best ever guests in a particular situation and they tell us how they would solve that situation. And it's not some hypothetical situation. It is an exact situation that they've come across that they have solved already. And uh, the goal is to help us understand if we come across that specific situation or a similar situation, it will give us some tools to use 
and overcome what you know whatever that barrier is or barriers. So with us today, we have a previous best ever guest. If you want to listen to his best ever advice, then you can go to episode 60. That's six zero. And the title of the episode is <laughs> one of my favorite titles, actually. Flippity flopping land tales of a land flipper. I think it's that title. It's something flippity flopping land tales. There, here it is. Here it is. Flip, yeah, flippity flopping land tales of a land flipper. Say say that ten times fast. I don't think I can. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of, why it's one of my favorites. You've heard his voice just now, so I'll go ahead and introduce you. How you doing, Seth Williams? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend as well. A little bit about Seth, and then we're going to get right into it. If you want to hear more about his background and his best ever advice, again, go to episode 60, especially if you're in the land flipping. So a little bit about him. He's an active real estate investor. He's been doing it since 2008. He's located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He has, as you would imagine, a focus on land flipping. All of his investing has been done part-time, and he's the founder of a wonderful real estate investing blog. It's called retipster.com, so retipster.com. He has nearly 10 years of experience as a commercial real estate banker. He's closed on hundreds of transactions through that responsibility, and we're excited to have him on the show. So, Seth, really quick, do you want to give the best ever listeners just like, 30 seconds or less of any background information that I didn't mention that you think they should mention as it relates to the context of the show? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, anything you might have missed. I, I think you kind of hit it for the, for the most part. My, my main niche is you know buying and selling vacant land. And part of the reason I do that is because vacant land is just a very simple animal. There's not a lot of complexity to it. And with the way that I'm able to find deals, it's not hard to buy them for almost nothing. And then turn around and sell them very quick. And there's just very minimal hassle through that entire process. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my main real estate investing niche. And other than that, you seem to have covered it. So, All right. Well, you're, you're teeing up the situation really nicely yeah. whenever you said there's very, sometimes there's very minor hassle because we're, <laughs> we're going to explore whenever there is hassle, what the heck do you do? So here's the situation that we'd love for you to talk us you through. Bet. So you've got some land. You're ready to flip it, but the neighbors next door are given the potential buyers misinformation on the land. How do you solve that? And if you want to give some context to lead it, lead up to the solution, even better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's actually it's interesting. I've actually had this happen not only with with my land investing business, but I actually also had it with the first house that I ever sold. Um, and it's. It's something that uh, I don't think it comes up a lot. I've only experienced it a handful of times, but when it does, it's just like such a thorn in my side. I'm just, uh, it's so frustrating because you know, you'll get a property. Sometimes it's easy to sell. Sometimes it's a little bit more challenging. But I mean, whenever you find a buyer who's interested, that's like, that's, that's a very good thing. And sometimes they will go out and they will visit the property before they buy it. I, I should say a lot of the time they will. And when they're out there visiting, you know, they might get out of their car and walk around for a little bit and the neighboring property owner, you know, usually there's like a house right next door or something like that. They will notice what's going on and they will get out and start talking to my potential buyer and they'll say, yeah, did you know this property actually isn't buildable or 
this property failed its perk test or this property. I don't know. I mean, like I own most of this property, so you can't buy it. Like just all <laughs> kinds of random, I mean, reasons why my buyer should run in fear because it's, it's not a good property. And pretty much every case, it's either just flat out wrong or it's kind of like a twisted version of the truth, like sort of like a half truth. <laughs> and I, I think, I mean, I guess I don't know for sure, but my guess is that a lot of times the reason they're doing this is because, you know, this person kind of likes having a vacant lot next door and they, they like having this, you know, wooded land right next to them and they don't want somebody to come in and tear it all down and build something hideous right next to them. I mean, I guess that's probably their fear. And so that's probably, to the best of my knowledge, why they're trying to harpoon my deal like that. And usually when that happens, and it's even happened sometimes where after my buyer has bought it, then that uh, you know neighboring property owner will come over and say, yeah, you know, my property line goes right up to here, and you only have about 10 feet of property to work with, so get lost. You can't do anything. And it... Uh, you know, like like in that case, I actually experienced that exact thing. And what I had to end up doing, and I actually probably didn't even have to do this, but I just kind of wanted the problem to go away. I ended up paying a few hundred bucks for a surveyor to go out there and actually put stakes in the property to show where the property lines were and prove that that person was wrong and I was right. Um, and it, it's just, it's kind of annoying, but um, a lot of times, or pretty much all the time, assuming that that neighbor is wrong and I'm right. There's always a fix to it. It's just a matter of, you know, how much it's going to cost, who's going to pay for it, and whether or not it's even worth going through those motions to do that. And it just kind of depends on the situation and how much profit I have made or I'm standing to make from that property. Um, and really just that kind of thing. So, Do you have an example that you can give us with numbers? Yeah. As far as this is a property, this is how much I bought it for, this is how much I was going to flip it for, mm -hmm. this was the issue, and um, this is what I did to fix it, and this is how much it cost? Yeah, absolutely. One of, uh, one of the better deals I've done, it was a, you know, a big, huge 12-acre lot right on Lake Huron, and I had bought it for about 4500 bucks, and I ended up selling it for 45000 bucks. and in that process, um, you know, one of my buyers was there at the property, and the neighbor came over and started talking to them and said, you know, this property doesn't perk. And for those of you who don't know what perk or percolation means, that's basically when water drains through the soil at a certain rate, which and the reason that's important is, is because that's what allows a person to put a septic system on that land and then build a house on top of it. So if it doesn't, they can't put a septic system there, then they can't put a house there and it's not buildable. So it's, it's kind of a big deal. Um, but anyway, they were saying, yeah, this property doesn't perk. And that was actually, that was like half true, half not true. It actually did perk, but it perked on one half of the property and not the other half. So to say it, you know, it just doesn't perk. I mean, that's not a lie necessarily. But what I had to end up doing was I, I uh, ordered a perk test and a soil engineer goes on the property and digs a hole and then meets with the local health department and they dump some water in that hole and they time how quickly it takes for that water to drain through the soil. And through that process, they found a few spots in the property where it did in fact perk and you know everything was fine. Um, I will say something that kind of came up through that is that we learned that, like, yes, you can put a house there, but only in a certain spot on that property. And that was something that honestly I, I didn't do before I bought it and I probably should have. Not that it would have like 
changed my uh, purchase price or anything, I probably all would have turned out the same anyway. But it's just like that kind of issue is pretty important to know about, um, especially if it just flat out doesn't work. That's a huge problem. <laughs> and that was something that I usually don't mess with because it, it's usually not a problem. But in the cases when it is, it's good information to know. So through the whole process, it just it, through the, the few times I've had this kind of thing come up, it just kind of underscores the importance of, uh, you know, checking the boxes and making sure, you know, is this going to be a problem or not? And, and in some cases, you can kind of overdo it and do the whole analysis paralysis thing because there's there's a lot of potential what ifs that can come up. But I'd say there are a few majors and several minors, and it's important to make sure the majors are taken care of. What are the majors? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say the majors, I actually got a blog post on that. Part of it involved... That's just shameless self-promotion, by the way, with the <laughs> blog post. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kind of was. I didn't mean it like that, but it came across <laughs> that way. I would say the majors would be anything that would get in the way of your ability to build something on that property. Um, and then it's also important to understand what the potential uses of that property are in the first place, like why somebody would ever want to buy it. Uh, and when it comes to land, I'd say probably half, maybe more than half the time, people will at some point want to build something or at least they want to have that ability if they ever decide to. So in that case, like it would be important to know whether or not it's in a flood zone. That's kind of a biggie because, you know, flood insurance is very expensive for a lot of people if it is in a flood zone. So it's just good to know about that. Uh, the whole perk test thing is important. Um, understanding what the zoning of the property is so that if, you know, the, the township or city like won't let you do certain things, you'll know what you can't do and what you can do just so you're not, you know, falsely telling people what they can do in the property if they can't. If you have a commercial property, it's usually pretty important to do some environmental work, just some kind of high level stuff to see if it's if it's contaminated or not. I don't do a lot with commercial, so I, I don't have to ever really mess with that. But if you are, that's something you want to be aware of. So I would say those are kind of big ones. I'm probably forgetting one, but I do have a big list, which I can, if anybody wants the blog post, it's called the um, 15 warning signs to watch for when buying vacant land on my blog. And it explains everything in great detail. So, All right. And I'll, I'll have a, a link to that. Sure. I'll, I'll find it on your blog and I'll put it in the show notes. So best ever listeners can just easily click over to it. With the land that, well, with the objections that you have to overcome, I mean, you you mentioned the perk test. Uh, it's not buildable, which kind of falls into the you know the the flood zone or whatever their not buildable reason is. What about the I own it objection? What do you do there? Mm-hmm. That is kind of like a survey issue. If somebody says, you know, my property line extends out to here, so you can't do anything in this section. That's where the survey thing comes in. Or if somebody just said, you don't own anything, I own all of this, so get lost. That would kind of be like a deed issue or or a survey issue again, just to kind of make it very clear, yes, this person does own it, and this is what he owns right here. And that typically answers any questions and, yeah, takes care of it. Is there anything else as it relates to handling misinformation, or I like how you put it, uh, having a neighbor harpoon, (laughs) trying to harpoon your deal that that you think we should know? Well, I would say it it is, I I know like the first time I ever had this kind of thing come up, 
I kind of like almost like panicked, like, oh, my gosh, how did I not know this? What did I do wrong? And it's funny because the actual the prospective buyer sort of panicked, too. And it was just kind of funny because like everybody is kind of starting to panic and nobody stops to think like, is this even true? Like, have I even done my own homework? Like there's, there's all kinds of weird reasons why somebody would either intentionally lie about that or just, I don't know, have just loud, uninformed opinions about things and tell the world about them. And if you've done your homework, there's really nothing to worry about. It's just kind of a, you know, if you're able to show the facts in writing and show them to anybody who wants to know, it, it just takes a lot of the stress and anxiety out of the, out of the equation. So. Seth, what's the best ever place the listeners can reach you? Best place would probably be over at the blog, uh, retipster.com, as you mentioned. There's a little contact page up on the navigation menu. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of me, that's probably the best way. All right. Well, if you have a neighbor of a property, a vacant land property that you are selling, uh, trying to harpoon, I love that <laughs> word, harpoon your, your transaction for a buyer, then Seth, you know, I, I love how you laid it out for us. Here are the things. And, and as you mentioned, I mean, it really boils down to what are the uses of the property and what can get in the way for trying to build it? So we can think about, we can, we can proactively address these to whatever extent that we want to try and mitigate the risk. You know, we can do nothing and then we're kind of risking a little bit more. We can do all of them and then we might be potentially being overly conservative. So it's, I suspect, and hell, I don't know, I haven't bought any vacant land, but I suspect there's somewhere in the middle based on the circumstances that you're buying it. But let me know if, if that's not correct. Just go ahead and interrupt me. No, right I, now. Think that's, that I think that's pretty accurate. Okay. So with this, I, I love how you, you walked us through. So they might say, fail the perk test. Well, the solution there, you get a darn perk test. How much does that cost? A couple hundred dollars? Yeah, it sort of depends on um, what the, the local health department requires and how, I guess, how many places you want to search. Usually, it's somewhere in the range of 150 bucks, maybe 300 bucks. It can get up to like 1500 if you kind of go high end, but usually it's not that bad. If they say the property isn't buildable, then you figure out what is the specific aspect or reason they're mentioning it's not buildable, yeah. and then you, you address it there. And then they might say, I, I straight up own it. <laughs> then in that case, there might be a deed issue, or most likely it's going to be a, a survey that you need to do. And as you said, you gave that example of you put stakes in the, the corners of the property so that it sh or the surveying company put stakes in the, the property where it showed the outline. Yeah, that when somebody says something like that, that's usually pretty laughable because like by the time I've actually bought something, I've done a title search, you know, I've got either a survey or some kind of a parcel map that just very clearly lays out where the property lines are. Not saying it's an impossible thing to overlook, but it, I mean, it would be extremely unusual. I, I've never even had that, but I suppose it is possible. So yeah, it's a, it's just a matter of kind of going through the basic steps. And um, it's uh, as long as you do, it's, it's very unusual that something like that would ever happen. And for all of the land flippers who are best ever listeners, I will, or anybody interested in, in buying land, buying vacant land, I will include his blog URL as well as 
the I'll, I'll look up that blog post for the 15 warning signs sure. and you can go ahead and just click through to that and check it all out and that will be a good roadmap for the different things you'll likely want to mitigate as well when you're going into it so thank you for being on the show in situation saturday i hope you have a wonderful best ever weekend and best ever listeners thanks a lot we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow great thanks a lot joe appreciate being on your show If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447. The reason why... You'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast.